Warning, the following message may be offensive to some audiences. These audiences may include but are not limited to professing Christians who never read their Bible, sissies, sodomites, men with man buns, those who approve of men with man buns, man bun enablers, white knights for men with man buns, homemakers who have finished Netflix but don't know how to meal plan, and people who refer to their pets as fur babies. Your discretion is advised. People are tired of hearing nothing but doom and despair on the radio. The message of Christianity is that salvation is found in Christ alone, and any who reject Christ therefore forfeit any hope of salvation, any hope of heaven. The issue is that humanity is in sin, and the wrath of Almighty God is hanging over our heads. They will hear his words, they will not act upon them, and when the floods of divine judgment, when the fires of wrath come, they will be consumed and they will perish. God wrapped himself in flesh, condescended, and became a man, died on the cross for sin, was resurrected on the third day, has ascended to the right hand of the Father, where he sits now to make intercession for us. Jesus is saying there is a group of people who will hear his words, they will act upon them, and when the floods of divine judgment come in that final day, their house will stand. Welcome to Bible Bash, where we aim to equip the saints for the works of ministry by answering the questions you're not allowed to ask. We're your host, Harrison Kerrigan, Pastor Tim Mullet, and today we'll answer the age-old question, is cultural Christianity a good thing? Now, before we get into this question proper, Tim, what Bible verse do you have for us? Yeah, I was trying to think of a verse that would be relevant to the Christian nationalism discussion and, you know, cultural Christianity aspect of that in general. <laughs> okay. And so... I was trying to think about like, you know, what kind of verse can I come up with in the Bible that would be the strongest in favor of just religious liberty for all people, essentially. I and can't so, wait to hear this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so what, what I came up with was uh, Daniel 6, uh, 25 through 27. So um, that it says this, then King Darius wrote to all peoples, nations and languages that dwell on all the earth. Peace be multiplied to you. I make a decree that in all my royal dominion, people are to tremble and fear before the God of Daniel, for he is the living God, enduring forever. His kingdom shall never be destroyed, and his dominion shall be to the end. He delivers and rescues, he works signs and wonders in the heavens and on earth. He who has saved Daniel from the power of the lions. So that's what I came up with. (laughs) Tim, I don't know if you realize this or not. But that was basically the opposite of religious liberty. <laughs> well, no, I mean, no, I mean, like, um, we, we were told that um, you you're not allowed to like a government is not allowed to declare you know the nation to be Christian in any sense or you uh-huh. know, following certain gods. So I was trying to come up with a verse that said that you can't do that. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't, I think uh, you, f- you failed <laughs> at, at finding that Bible first. You found the exact opposite of that Bible first. I mean, I guess now that you're looking at it, it does seem like maybe it, it isn't saying that, but <laughs> that's the best I got, man. You know, it, it reminds me if you've ever seen those memes where it's, where it's um, uh, David holding up uh, the head of Goliath after he just killed Goliath. And, you know, there, there's the Israelites that are standing behind him and, and there's a little speech bubble that says, David, no, Goliath was made in the image of God. (laughs) It's like, it's like the same as that, but instead it's like, you know, King Darius, 
No, that's unloving. Think about all the people that don't believe in God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, well, I'm apparently he didn't get the memo. Um, I guess David French and Russell Moore would be pretty upset. With him. But but it you know it is it is pretty interesting that uh, that you have verses like that in the Bible, right? Um, that are basically, that are basically saying, you know, there is only one God and, uh, and this government only recognizes the one God, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's like, you know, blessed is a nation nation whose God is the Lord. I mean, there's like (laughs) verses like this, um, you know, I mean, you could think about even what's happening in Daniel where, um, you know, or what's happening in, um, Jonah where, uh, the king of Nineveh is essentially declaring that neither man nor beast nor herd nor flock taste anything. Let them not feed or drink water, but let man and beast be covered with sackcloth. Let them call out mightily to God that everyone turn from his evil way and from the violences in his hand. And who knows, God may turn and relent uh, from his fierce anger so that we may not perish. So, I mean, like there's obviously um, some sort of examples examples in, right, in the Old right. Testament in particular of these pagan, you know, kings who are basically declaring uh, something very similar to what Joshua was saying. As for me and my house, we'll serve the Lord. Well, as for me and my nation, we're going to serve the Lord. Right. You better, you know, yeah. cut my head off if you don't want to. Yeah. And so you, you have these instances in the Bible where um, you see government, you know, the government putting an intense amount of pressure on its citizens to recognize sure. the one true God. Now, you know, I guess the question then becomes, is that going to, does that, because your government puts that kind of pressure on a people to say, Hey, this government only recognizes the one true God, the Christian God. Um, uh, because the government decrees that, does that guarantee that all of its citizens are going to, you know, all of a sudden genuinely convert to the one, to belief in the one true God? I mean, obviously not. I mean, but I, I think you just look at our nation and just look at the currency that we have. And, you know, on our currency is written one nation under God. And so we're, we're a nation who is formally declared, you know, essentially that we're going to be Christians in that way. We're going to be a nation that's under Yahweh. Um, and so, but I mean, obviously you see how it works out. Like, I mean, you can't obviously like force, like, you know, force king conversions. Can't make a, yeah. You can't force conversion. A king can't make a proclamation like that and then expect that everyone is going to instantaneously be regenerated by the power of his proclamation or right, something like right. that. But, but I mean, it, it just goes to show that there are a lot of examples in the scripture of nations who are explicitly, you know, claiming for themselves some sort of Christian identity, essentially. Right. And so, yeah, so it's not going to produce genuine conversion, but then it is, you know, it is probably going to produce a society in general that does look in many ways Christian. Right. So not, not necessarily like in a um, true regenerate spiritual sense, but then in an outward, um, you know, like in, in the way that everyone lives, uh, that everyone goes about living their lives, there's not going to be, um, you know, a lot of things that are blatantly out in the public that directly go against scripture, right? Yeah. So, I mean, a lot of this is just kind of related to the idea of what like a culture is in general. And then how does that like map onto the idea of, um, 
cultural Christianity. Right. So, so a lot of it's just like a discussion about what culture is. I mean, culture, just like if you look up that word, it's just the arts, the beliefs, the customs, the institutions, and other products of human work work and thought considered as a unit, especially in regard to a particular time or social group, you know, so a lot, a lot of the idea of culture, is just these arts, the beliefs, the customs, the institutions in general that are present within like a particular culture. And so I, a culture is not neutral. And like you know, with, with the idea of a nation, like there's, you know, obviously there's going to be some cultures that a nation is going to support explicitly and some that like theoretically at least should be like excluded from consideration. Right. Yeah. So in terms of like the customs and the practices and, you know, like we're, we should be hostile to, you know, cannibalistic culture. <laughs> I mean, we're currently hostile to like polygamist culture and things like that. Right. So barely, 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 barely. We're, we're holding on, we're holding yeah, on. The, fin- the fingers are slipping though. <laughs> yes. Yeah, um, um, but okay. Okay. So, you know, when you have when you have governments like that that are declaring there is only one true God, we believe in the one true God, then you're obviously not going to have everyone convert. But then they the society as a whole is going to look a lot more Christian. Now, is that what we're is that what we're talking about? So when when someone says uses that term cultural Christianity, is that what they're talking about, or is there anything else you know to the definition of that term? Uh, just so we all know what we're talking about here. Yeah, I mean, so we, we did a poll on this on Twitter, and essentially the poll was like cultural Christianity is a good thing, true or false. And then someone was asking, well, define it. I can't answer, you know, without knowing how you would define this word like cultural Christianity. And I mean, I don't know that. I mean, I think cultural Christianity is something that like is intuitive to people. People should like intuitively know what we're talking about when we're talking about cultural Christianity. Right. Uh, but then, you know, it's something that, you know, you may want to put some thought into and try to give some sort of definition. But like in general, I mean, this is just um, my uh, understanding of what we're even talking about. We're talking about something like cultural Christianity. But I mean, I understand cultural Christianity to be something along the following lines. So, you know, cultural Christianity is just a society where the customary beliefs and social forms are influenced by Christianity to such a degree that pagans feel pressure to outwardly conform to biblical standards and ingratiate themselves to Christians in order to advance. So I'll say it again, like a society where the customary beliefs and social forms are influenced by Christianity to such a degree that pagans feel pressure to outwardly conform to biblical standards and ingratiate themselves to Christians in order to advance. So like the idea here like with cultural christianity is just like the cultural forms are fundamentally christian and then there's like social pressure for pagans to like try to appease christians in that way yeah right yeah so like a good example of that would be just like donald trump's like photo op right <laughs> <laughs> in front of the, <laughs> the church bible. yeah with the bible yeah with the bible all right so what is he doing like he's like you know, he's basically uh, pretending to be a Christian. He, in he's order pandering to, get... to the Christians. Yeah, he's pandering. All right. So like and so part of this idea of cultural Christianity, you can approach it in different ways. Um, so, you know, predominantly when, you know, Big Eva talks about cultural Christianity, they're talking about it as a bad thing. But then defining it the way I've just kind of talked about it, like it's good. I, I mean, I'd rather live in a society where Donald Pre- Trump feels pressure to pander to Christians than a society where. Donald Trump feels pressure to pander to the sodomites. Right. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. All right. So like what's happened is that like every single one of our presidents, like in the history of our country have felt social pressure 
to pander to Christians and basically pretend to be Christian, right? Yeah, yeah. Even though we know they're not, okay? Yeah. <laughs> but that's because like there's like there is um, social pressure to at least present yourself as a Christian in our country still, right? Mm-hmm. But then that's not true everywhere you go. So like meaning like you can go to a university and there like there's there's actual hostility towards pretending to be a Christian in like a university setting. And the same thing's true of like Hollywood, right? So like with Hollywood, with universities, there's no pressure to pander to Christians. Right. Those kind of are very little pressure to pander to Christian. But then like when you're living in the South, like there's still like social pressure to pander to Christians. So you might own a, like a, you might have a Christian book. Yeah. You, know, you may have like a restaurant, like, I mean, the Zaxby's down the road, like we'll play Christian music at the Zaxby's down the road. Right. Mm-hmm. And so there's pressure to do, I mean, you can go to sports, you know, fields and there's verses on them and, you know, all sorts of things like that, that, so there's still cultural pressure to pander to Christians in certain pockets of our country. And it's almost like, you, you know, you go to the, you go, um, you know, the Northeast or the or West, go out West, right? And that, that there's places where it's totally not. Yeah. Like go, go to Oregon, there's no pressure to pander to Christians at all. But like in, in general, like the idea of cultural Christianity is this uh, idea that like the social forms um, and customs are influenced by Christianity. They shape like the very fabric of what we do. I mean, so we celebrate Thanksgiving as a holiday. That's a Christian holiday. Right. 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 So we're a nation that has like social, social, cultural forms. Like, like Christmas is a big deal. Easter is a big deal. Like still in our country, right? Like we have Christian holidays, Easter, Christmas, you know, Thanksgiving, right? Yeah. And there's cultural pressure to conform to those kind of things. And, you know, the, and then you can imagine environments where like Hollywood or universities where there's no like cultural pressure to conform in those ways at all. So like the idea of cultural Christianity, all I'm trying to say is like, it's a culture that has been largely shaped by Christian culture, uh, customs and practices and everything else. And so that's what you're talking about now. Like when guys like, you know, when big Ava, you know, like reacts to that kind of thing, um, you know, and maybe even, um, I think the G3 guys are interact, like reacting to this kind of thing too, in a way that, um, seems largely negative based on my listening to what they're actually saying. But like what their concern is, is like, you know, and it's, it's a concern of nominalism essentially. Yeah. And so it's this concern of nominal Christianity. And one of the things that they all point out, I mean, and they, you know, and I remember this was, this kind of stuff was, you know, Russell Moore was doing his bit that, you know, you can go to hell from Mayberry and good riddance to Christian culture and, you know, like um, all that. And like, basically like, throwing shade all over cultural Christianity and like, you know, what they're reacting to is like the idea of nominalism essentially. And so like with the idea of nominalism, like obviously, I mean, there's a lot of people in the South who pretend to be Christians who are lost and deceived. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We know that all too well. (laughs) (laughs) We know. I mean, yeah. So, I mean, I, I think in the South, everyone, I mean, almost everyone thinks they're a Christian and most people have to be persuaded that they're not, you know, that they're probably self-deceived. And so, I mean, that's obviously, I mean, it's obviously like a problem that, you know, people fly under the radar or, you know, you have so many people who are just like pretending, you know, maybe they're the Christmas and Easter Christians and they're pretending to be saved and, they're not, and they think that because they've adopted these outward, external Christian forms of society, 
right? Mm. They celebrate Christmas. They celebrate Easter, you know, kind of, you know. <laughs> <laughs> they might even pray right before dinner every once in a yeah. while. Yeah, and then, you know, Thanksgiving, you know, and, you know, maybe they take their hat off when they go into a church building. Yeah, like yeah. <laughs> and they always like they, say, God bless the USA. I mean, yeah, I, they that say doesn't God make bless. you a Christian, then I don't know what does. <laughs> right. right. So, so, I mean, it's true. So <laughs> that's all it takes, you know, but so, yes, I mean, obviously that's a problem, you know, that that's obviously a problem, but then like you have to kind of take a step back and consider the alternative, Right. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I think going to seminary, there's a bunch of guys like that were, you know, my age or whatever, <laughs> going to seminary and like, you know, during the early days of, um, you know, the gospel coalition, like basically when I was going to seminary, like the gospel coalition was just starting to take off. Mm -hmm. So it was right around that time. And there's a lot of like, a lot of like third way kind of guys out there. So like going to Southern, I went to Southern uh, Baptist Theological Seminary. And it was all like, you know, all your teachers are just hammering on nominal Christianity, hammering on like third wayism, you know, that Jesus is neither Republican or Democrat. And, you know, they're you know hammering on the moral majority, the religious right, like all this kind of stuff. And all these, you know, all my friends, like it, me to some degree, although I was suspicious of it, uh, you know, I'm not getting myself all the way off the hook. But I mean, there, there's a certain part of you that kind of resonates with that, right? Yeah where you look at this nominalism that's present in the Christian culture and you, you know, you think about like all the people, you know, who just like, you know, they watch Fox news, Fox news every week. And their hope is kind of in this political idolatry, right? Yeah. Like that, if we just revoke, get the right people in the right offices that, you know, everything's going to be okay. And then every election is just like the most important election of our lifetime. And then nothing happens. Right. And like all the Republicans, they're a bunch of liars. And, you know, and then like you, you have, you had like a bunch of seminary professors, a bunch of like gospel coalition types, a bunch of T4G types, you know, it's just like Jesus is neither Republican or Democrat, you know, all this kind of stuff. Nominal Christianity is bad. You know, Mayberry sends people to hell, you know, that kind of stuff. And it's just like, you know, a lot of us just kind of ate that up. Like, yeah, like that's all bad, right? Mm -hmm. Nominal Christianity is bad, you know, because you, you have all these people you love who they don't ever read their Bible. They don't ever pray, right? Right. They go to church once a year, twice a year, if that, and they, you know, they don't want to do anything the Bible has to say. And like, you know, so there's like a reaction that you have to where you're just so thoroughly disgusted by the nominal, pervasive nominal Christian culture that you're living in that basically you can kind of get to a point where you're like, go full Russell Moore. And you're thinking to yourself like, man, like, um, you know, it would be better if like out and outright persecution just came and cleaned us all up, right? Mm -hmm. And so you're you're praying for the sweet meteor of death, you know. <laughs> <laughs> the sweet meteor. <laughs> Is that what meteor. it means to go full Russell Moore? <laughs> it does. I mean, you're just praying for like persecution almost, you know? Like you're just like praying for like just like destroy it all, break the teeth of all these nominal Christians and you know, I'm done with all this, you know, nominal Christian culture, cultural Christianity. It's all dumpster fire. Who cares? It, you know, there's this is just a mechanism that God has used to that is using to deceive people, right? Mm -hmm. Like, uh, you know, just fuels hypocrisy and all that. But I, I think you just you do have to like 
look at where we're at, okay? <laughs> just, just look at where we're at. What do you we don't mean? Know. Things are going great, right? Mm, yeah. We don't know the difference <laughs> between a man and a woman right now, okay? <laughs> like, I, yeah, I think um, I think it uh, was um, that, uh, that Brian on Twitter or whatever. Uh-huh. Um, he just posted a comment. I think it was today, something along the lines of he showed a picture of um, – uh, like a transvestite essentially. And he said, you know, I never thought growing up that this was how it would all end, you know, <laughs> but, <laughs> I, I've never, I've never been one to question God's judgments, but maybe we do need a second flood. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, it's just like, you, I mean, you think about where we're at, like we're going full Sodom and Gomorrah, you know, at, at breakneck speed. And like, I, um, you know, I, I would rather be in a scenario, like, honestly, I mean, just, you know, looking at things like the way that they actually are, you know, I'd, I'd rather be like in a scenario where at least the pagans feel some sort of pressure to appease you, you know, uh-huh. yeah. <laughs> over and against like being in a kind of a scenario where it's like, you know, chop their head off, you know, um, take their kids, you know. <laughs> You know, uh-huh. take their jobs, you know, force them, you know, to be medically experimented on. Like, I mean, I think that there are, you know, you have to think through this, like praying for judgment kind of thing. Uh, and like, you know, obviously like it's, is you know, I'd rather live in Mayberry than Sodom. Right. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> That's good. I like that. Yeah. I guess it is like, you know, um, the world we live in right now. I, I, I had a, I've had a similar experience where, uh, there's been times in my life where I've been like, you know, I've just thought to myself, man, I wish I could just go live in, you know, Oregon or something like that, where nobody is a Christian basically. And, and at least then when I, you know, when I'm sharing the gospel, like I don't have to deal with the whole, like, Hey, you know, just cause you walk down an aisle when you were 12, does not make you a Christian. Okay. Like that, that, I mean, that's just what we have to deal with, um, you know, in the South and the Bible belt a lot as you do have to deal with that. And so there's been times in my life where I'm like, man, I wish I could just get away from all that. And just when I tell people about the gospel, they can at least just straight up tell me like, no, I don't believe in that. I've never believed in that. I never will believe in that. You know, just because that's a lot cleaner when it comes, you know, that makes it easier. At least we all know where everyone stands. And and I think given what's happened over the last few years where we've we've basically gone to, you know, uh, yeah, like we don't know what a man is. We don't know what a woman is. Um, there's religious organizations that apparently don't know what a pastor is. Uh, you know, we're we're talking about uh, there's pe- there's people who want uh, abortion to be legal all the way up to birth and even and i mean if we're being real they're they're starting to push it beyond even birth um and you know they're trying to make it they're trying to basically you just have all of these terrible evil wicked things that are just being normalized and presented as not just morally neutral things but but morally good things things that should be celebrated and i think now that i've i've had a little bit of time to observe this new culture that we're under. Yeah. I, I I find myself thinking the same thing, you know, for me, it's like, Hey, look for all the, for all its faults, I would much rather live in a society where everyone is at least trying to appear as if, as if they're obeying the Bible versus, you know, this, 
this cultural like secularism where it, apparently it's just okay to murder babies and we should yeah. celebrate that. So what's in, what's interesting about that is I did live in LA for a little bit to go to school. So, you know, with my undergrad basically, and uh, I lived in the LA area, but I mean, it, and it was a lot like what you're saying, like the kind of thing that you wish, like, well, I'd like the lines to be clear, you know? Right. And so, you know, I mean, I would like living out in LA, it's like people didn't even, they didn't pretend, you know? Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're not pretending to be, um, you know, they were not pretending to be Christian and they're, I mean, they're obviously not. And, you know, that place was just so dark, like spiritually, like I almost can only explain the experience in like charismatic, uh, <laughs> kind of categories. <laughs> That's how bad like, it was, huh? It had you, it had you going charismatic, and things like huh? that that I don't even actually believe in, you know, <laughs> but I mean, it was just like a pervasive cloud of darkness out there. Man. But, uh, but, you know, one of the things that, you know, as I, as I'm listening to guys like Russell Moore and, you know, kind of praying for the sweet meteor of death to come and that'll clean us all up and everything else. Like the thing that kind of stepped me into my senses is actually reading like judgment passages in the Bible Uh huh. and like thinking about what, like, like the, like the, the God who is instituting these judgment passages to people who like reject him. Right. Yeah. And like actually thinking about like the details, like, I mean, they're just beyond imagination. Like they're just like uh, awful, you know? And so like, um, so here's an example of what I'm talking about. And I I don't think most people just like sit in these things and marinate in them like they should, because, you know, they kind of tapped out on their read a Bible of a year plan um, way before they got here. Right. (laughs) But I mean, you think about like something like, like this, um, so Deuteronomy twenty eight forty nine, the Lord will bring a nation against you from far away, from the end of the earth, swooping down like an eagle, a nation whose language you do not understand, a hard faced nation who shall not respect the old or show mercy to the young. All right, so so far, you know, judgment's coming, right? Yeah from a hard-faced nation, uh, it shall eat the offspring of your cattle and the fruit of your ground until you are destroyed. It shall not leave you uh, it shall not leave you grain, wine, or oil, the increase of your herds or the young of your flocks until they have caused you to perish. All right. So getting worse, right? Uh, not sounding good be- for sure. They shall besiege you in all of your towns until your high and fortified walls in which you trusted come down throughout all of your land. And they shall besiege you in all your towns throughout all of your land, which the Lord your God has given you. And you shall eat, notice this, you shall eat the fruit of your womb. The flesh of your sons and daughters, whom the Lord your God has given you, in the siege and in the distress with which your enemies shall distress you. The man who is the most tender and refined among you will begrudge food to his brother, to the wife he embraces, to the last of his children whom he has left, so that he will not give any of them any of the flesh of his children whom he has eaten, eating, because he has nothing else left in the siege and the distress with which your enemies shall distress you in all of your towns." Uh, the most tender and refined woman among you who would not venture to set the sole of her foot on the ground because she is so delicate and tender will begrudge to the husband she embraces to her son and to her daughter her afterbirth that comes out from between her feet and her children whom she bears because lacking everything she will eat them secretly in the siege in the distress with which your enemy shall distress you in your towns uh, so if you are not careful to do all the words of this law 
that are written in this book, that you may fear this glorious and awesome name, the Lord your God. Then the Lord will bring upon you and your offspring extraordinary, extraordinary afflictions, afflictions severe and lasting, and sickness grievous and lasting. And he will bring upon you all the diseases of Egypt, with which you are afraid, and they shall cling to you. But anyways, it just goes on and on from there. But I mean, I just, you know, when you read things like that, and the prophets are full of this kind of stuff. Right. right. Yeah. And there, there's, there's like unimaginable, awful, like your wife will be raped, you know, um, in front of your eyes and you'll be powerless to stop it kind of stuff. And I mean, I just, I, I think we don't understand how bad it can actually get. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. When, when man, when man is left unchecked, we can do just utterly horrific things to one another. Right. Right. And when you utterly despise the Lord and when you utterly turn your back on him, like judgment on a society shall get, I mean, it can get pretty bad. And yeah. I mean, Christians like our whole, you know, per, uh, one of our main purposes is to be salt and light in the midst of a world. And, you know, I mean, you think about how God related to Sodom and Gomorrah and like Abraham's bargaining, you know, will you not destroy it if they're, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. 20 people and, you know, all this kind of stuff. And, you know, God preserves people because of the presence of Christians. But, you know, at a certain point, judgment comes, you know, and judgment comes. And when it comes, it, it can get awful, you know, and it can get unimaginable. And, and most of us, I mean, we just have no category for any of that. Like we don't have to, th we're not thinking in those kind of terms. We're not thinking about like starving to death. We're not thinking about watching our children starve to death. Right. We're not thinking about like that. I mean, like that kind of stuff. And, you know, like to the kind of person who's just basically saying, hey, bring it on, you know, it'll clean us all up. You know, I think there's there's something about that that's like um, there's something about that that's good, but then there's something about that that is pretty naive too. You, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I like, I like. Oh, go ahead. Keep going. Keep going. Well, I just mean like it, there's something about it that's like, um, Lord, if it's gonna take you to utterly take everything from me in order to make me holy then do what you need to do. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, and I think that there's something that's good about that, but at the same time, like, I also think that like just kind of praying for like imprecatory prayers against all of us, right. <laughs> against yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think, I think there's something, there's something also to all of this that says, yeah, I mean, we should want holiness more when we want to breathe. We, we, we should despise cultural Christianity, but, you know, like you shouldn't despise the fact that God is still blessing a society because of the presence of a small number of Christians in there. Right. And like, you know, not allowing that society to descend into utter, you know, paganism, you know, completely and withholding his judgment because of the presence of like, that should be an object of like something we're rejoicing about and something that we're thankful for and not just something that we hold it with contempt. Does that make sense? Yeah. You know, and, and I think back, like you know, back to 2020, when we were going through all of the COVID stuff and the lockdowns and whatnot, I remember, um, I can't, I can't remember if I was talking to you about this or, um, my other pastor here at our church. And, but I was talking to someone and I was basically like, you know, I, I, <laughs> I, I was the, I was the naive guy who was like, man, I, I wish they would just like, like come out and say it, you know, and, and just like, say you hate Christians, you know, and, like start making the laws against Christians. I dare you. I dare. I double dog dare you kind of thing. And um, I, I remember like wanting all like wanting not wanting all that to happen, but then kind of actually wanting it to happen just so just so that I could say, you know, like, hey, I, I went through that stuff. And, you know, like um, 
And I, I faced that, like I suffered for the name of the Lord kind of thing. Right. And I think there was probably a part of that that was, you know, that was, um, good. But then I, I think there's a lot of that that was really bad and incredibly naive. And I think, I think I only had the privilege to ever really want those things because I lived in a culture that was like, not that. Right. So right. I lived in a culture that was very much like, Hey, when you're a Christian, you know, that's a good thing. And you know, when you apply for, when you're, when you're younger and you're applying for these, you know, initial jobs, like you put your, you put your pastor on there as a reference. And you know, you like, when you tell people that you're a deacon at a church, that's like a, a sign, you know, a, a massive sign of respect in our culture and, and all of these different things. And, and, you know, I think the only, the only time you really, you really look at all that and you say like, yeah, I, w- I wish they would just come out and say it, you know, <laughs> like, I wish you would say you hate Christians. Uh, like we, we know you do come on, just say it. The only time, the only reason you're, I was ever really able to think that and, and, you know, naively want that to happen is because I lived in a society that never did that, you know, and, and showed me a kind of respect that, um, you know, that was like the total opposite of what I was wishing for. And, and, uh, and now looking at the way the society is, it's like, man, yeah. And, and like, I, you know, I have a family, I have a family now and, and going through all of this. And, and it's like, you, you look as a man, you look at your family and you think like, man, I wish we could, I wish we could go back to a purer, a purer version <laughs> of that cultural Christianity, you know, for my kids sake. Right. Sure. Um, sure. So I think a lot of that, I mean, a lot of that can be kind of like a bravado, like a Peter, uh, Peter, um, you know, if all, uh, if everyone else denies you, I won't deny you kind of thing. And, right. you know, as the Bible says, you know, let him who thinks he stands, take heed, lest he falls. And so I think we should have a help, healthy kind of skepticism of our own, you know, strength and. Oh, all absolutely. That, you know, yeah. Yeah. Like, now, I mean, at the same time, you know, if persecution actually come, like, like if, if if it continues, right, and then, you know, judgment continues and it starts to ramp up. I mean, I, th- I think there's like a very real kind of sense in which after you pass the test, you thank the Lord that you're counted worthy to suffer for his name. And you shouldn't be just terrified of judgment. You know, a lot of, you know, a lot of the old, like, um, dispensationalist kind of teachers are kind of like that, you know, like I remember like late night watching Jack Van Empey and Rex Alla, you know, <laughs> and they're all just like, Oh, it's getting so bad, you know, Jack. And, you know, it's, 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 uh, yeah, signs are, st- things are looking pretty bleak, Rex Alla, you know, kind of thing. Yeah. You, you know, but they're, they're just like afraid of judge. They're, they're just terrified. Like, I don't think we should be afraid of these things, but I think we should be realistic. I don't think we should just be like, praying judgment upon our head, like in, in right. that way. And like, just kind of like in a way of like, um, because you have like utter contempt for the reality of cultural Christianity. I think that's just misguided. I think there's, it's like, like you think about it, it's like, God obviously isn't going to save everyone. Right. He's not going to save everyone. And so that's not his plan to save everyone. But you much, but I think just like thinking about it objectively, it's a much better state of affairs to be in a nation whose God is the Lord, who says like you know one nation under God, like who is at least paying like paying you know homage to God, like and respecting God, and 
I mean, I think that's like a lot better spot to be in than just to be in a nation that's like full pagan, you know, persecuting Christians, cutting their heads off, you know. Like we're in a much better spot here than, you know, in some of these Muslim countries, right? Right, yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, obviously, like with all the, like with all, like with all the good, like there's, I mean, with all the bad, there's a lot of good here too, meaning there's like free access to the gospel and, I mean, there's a lot of Christians here, you know, there's a lot more Christians here than there are in, you know, any Muslim country you can think of, right? Sure. Because like, you know, it's, it's not like, you know, when, when there's just absolute total hostility from a nation towards Christianity, you know, that's where you invent things like Roman candles, right? Like, and, and, you know, so obviously God's purposes are going to stand and, um, you know, I, I do think that God has built his church and he's built it through the blood of the martyrs and everything else. But, you know, just being a group of people that's just utterly despising all the blessings of God, I think that's never a good spot to be in. Right, right. Now, we, we've, we you know, discussed at length um, how cultural Christianity is a good thing, especially, well, at least compared to like what we're in right now. Right. Sure. Um well, we're a mix. We're a mix. Like in certain parts, it's still a strong kind of cultural Christianity. In some parts, there's not. But yes, I mean, it's starting to go. Right, basically. right. It, it seems like it's it's slipping away in, in a lot of in a lot of um, key ways. But then, so does that mean um, it is in and of itself inherently a good thing, or are we just saying it's better? It's better yeah, I mean, than I, like the cultural secular secularism. All right. So if you're um, thinking of i mean it all kind of depends on how you're defining this right so if you're if you're talking about cultural christianity meaning nominal christianity well then nominal christianity objectively is not like a positive right right so nominal christianity is not like being a christian in name only that's not objectively a positive but then it's better than you know being a I'm going to cut Christians heads off kind of <laughs> Christian, right? So it'd be better to be a nominal Christian than it would be to be a, like a Saddam Hussein or something like that. Yeah. Right? I, would, I would much prefer the ISIS. nominal Christian to yeah. ISIS. <laughs> so, so, you know, it's, a, it's better than, you know, the, the alternative, obviously. I, but then I think like cultural Christianity in general, like if you're just thinking about what is culture, it's just, like when a culture adopts Christian customs and practices uh-huh. because they're acknowledged, like as a culture, you're collectively acknowledging that God exists and he's real and there's some sort of respect as a culture being shown to God, whether it's like entirely sincere or not. Okay. Okay. So like in that way, like when a culture has adopted Christian customs and practices, objectively, there's nothing bad about that. Do you get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like that's just like, like that's objectively, that's a good thing where a culture, like, I mean, that, that would be our goal. It, it should be everyone's goal to some degree is that you advance the gospel to such a degree that everyone kind of, or the majority of people convert. And then when the majority of people convert, what, what are you going to do? You know, <laughs> you know what I'm right. saying? Yeah. Like when the majority of people convert, you're not going to outlaw Thanksgiving and Christmas <laughs> and, and Easter, you know? So when the majority of people convert, like what you're going to do is like, you're going to have like streets that are lined with Christmas decorations and things like that. Right. Yeah. Like, uh, like that's what you're going to do. You're going to like have stores that are filled with Thanksgiving food around Thanksgiving. Like that's what you like, because like, so you're going to have like 
I mean, we used to, as a society, like, uh, you know, the liquor stores wouldn't sell alcohol on Sunday, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's a hot tip to Christianity there, <laughs> right? Like, so you think about a lot of the, like, there's so many, like, Christian practices, cultures, and customs that are present within our nation that are hat tips to Christianity. And that, 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 that's not like objectively, that's a good thing. Yeah. So like having a Christian, like a culture that's oriented towards Christ, like that's obviously a good thing. Right. Right. Yeah. Now, it's like, how could that ever be a bad thing? <laughs> right. So, I mean, just, you know, and, and everyone, like when they have to, when they're thinking about these kind of discussions, you do have to kind of take a step back and just introduce some sort of reality into the discussion. And like you just, and this is something I often like bring up that, you know, most people don't really have a good answer to, but I mean, like just imagine like our church is on a plane. We get, we crash land on a deserted island somewhere, right? Or an uninhabited island, whatever. Like um, we crash land. What are we going to do? Like we have to, we have a society now that's filled with Christians, right? Right. Supposedly. I mean, I assume that most of our church members are probably regenerate, you know, yeah. <laughs> there may be some surprises, in there. <laughs> but, but, but I mean, what would we do? Like you would build a society with like, what are your cu customs and practices going to be? You're just going to like go full pagan or what? You, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> All right, guys. Hey. Now that we're on this deserted Island, we just want to affirm our desire to allow everyone to worship Whichever God it is that they serve. No, we don't want a Christian government. So some of you are going to have to deconvert, you know, <laughs> you and then lead us, you know, <laughs> so we can have our separation. All right. Here's the, here's the section for the mosque. Uh, we need at least three people to start we'll building to it. <laughs> Who wants to convert, you know, I, or, you know, let's build a mosque and in the, you know, off chance that, you know, someone decides one day they want to become a Muslim, they'll have their building there ready for them. I mean, it's so, so like some of it's, it's like if you think about it with your brain, like, well, what, what, what are you actually going to do when all, like if everyone did convert, right? Right. What, and so I think, we, you know, America, we were in a point in our early history where the vast majority of people are at least converted or strongly leaning that way. And then it felt like, you know, then all the culture practices and the government and it's all shaped by that. And then what's happening is it's been like slowly deteriorating. And then now it's deteriorated to a point where we're now asking the question, like, like we're treating like the original state of affairs as if it's just like absolutely horrendous. D does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Because we're living out like the deteriorated state of affairs. but And, and then we're like saying, well, I don't know how we get back to – you know, I'm not saying that it was founded perfectly or something like that. I'm just trying to say that they obviously didn't share the same assumptions and they obviously, you know, thought that like the way that our society was built, it was built in such a way that the culture, the customs, they were Christian customs, you know? Yeah. Christian like practices. clearly, like you can't even debate that. You're right. So, so like we had, like we have categories for these things. They had categories for these things and we just kind of have to rediscover those and figure out what went wrong and how to improve upon it. But, but the point is just to say that, yeah, I mean, cultural Christianity in general, like if you're just talking about a culture that's practices and customs are influenced by Christianity. Yeah. That's obviously a good thing. If you're talking about nominal Christianity, well, that's, you know, that's better than out and out, you know, demon worship. Okay. Right. Right. It's better than after school Satan club. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's better than drag queen story hour. I mean, but it's, it's obviously not salvific, you know? So, I mean, but then you just ask, what would you, like, would you want to live in a, you know, 
a, a culture where the pagans feel like they have to conform to you, right? Right. And try to appease you, or do you want to f- be in the culture where they're trying to chop your heads off? You know. And so, I mean, it's obviously like it's um, you know, it's not ide- it's not perfect, but it's better than the alternative. You know. And so, I j- you just have to kind of introduce some some sort of sanity into this. And I mean, I think this is essentially what the rednecks online are figuring out. You know. <laughs> Like they have, they have better moral intuition at this level than, you know, some of the egghead academic types to where yeah. they're just looking around. They're saying, Hey, yeah, I mean, man, I'm tired of living in Sodom. You know, I like it to go back to what it was before. <laughs> I at least right? know what a dude is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. So, you know, I think some of this is like, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of um, questions to be answered and a lot of difficulty, uh, a lot of, you know, tough questions, things like that. But yeah, obviously, man, like I, you know, I'd rather live in Mayberry than Sodom. Sure. Right. Yeah. And, and, you know, one thing that we, we've touched on just a little bit, but maybe not directly is uh, beyond just like the benefit that the like social benefits that come from this and whatnot, there is a very real, like, um, I, I think there is a very real, like sort of, um, uh, it seems like a very real material benefit that comes from nations that, uh, decide to serve the Lord. Right. Uh, there's a very real, like you, like those, I mean, it's, it's what you said earlier, like blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. Right. And, and when you look throughout human history, I mean, where did the greatest inventions come from? You know, where, where did the greatest advancements and, you know, yeah, they're all the fruit of Christianity. Right, right. They're all the fruit of Christianity uh, because we rec- because as Christians, we recognize that God made the world orderly. Right. And he's given us, a, you know, he's given us the command to work uh, with everything that we do as unto the Lord. Right. And so so there uh, and he blesses the people who serve him. And so so I think beyond just societal uh, benefit that comes from a culture that recognizes God as the one true God. You also have so many other benefits in terms of like, you know, it seems like it, it it seems like European industry did a lot better than African industry, right. Or Chinese industry or uh, Asian industry or whatever. Um, It seems like scientific advancement happened more in Europe than anywhere else. And you know what, and all the guys that were all the guys that were discovering things were Christians. Right. And, uh, and so it seems so it seems like there's a lot of benefit that comes from a culture that recognizes that there is one true God. And for all of its for all I mean, of it's its, part of that, I mean, it's a part of the Abrahamic blessing. You know, the promises were made to Abraham and his offspring. It doesn't say into his offsprings referring to many, but to one and to your offspring, Christ. And what were the Abrahamic blessings? I'm going to bless those who bless you. Right. <laughs> and, of course, and him who dishonors you, I will curse. Right. And so, you know, those blessings are found in correspondence with, you know, whether or not you kiss the sun, lest he be angry. Right. 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 Yeah. Like, and so, and anyways, and, and you, you know, I think we're starting to see the opposite thing take effect too. like in the, you know, on the other end of the spectrum where the society that totally uh, and completely rejects God as God, they're made stupid and they're sure. cursed. Right. And, and, right. and our right. society really is starting to, you know, I think you really are starting to see that. I mean, when, when, you know, Supreme Court justices are coming out and saying, I don't know what a woman is when they themselves are a woman, you know, like that's bad. <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't know how else to tell you like that's bad. Okay. Uh, and, and so there, it does seem like there's a lot of negative to come from, uh, not only is there, you know, positive coming from 
the nation that's saying, hey, you know, we want to recognize the one true God as a society. There's also a lot of negative that comes from the nation that says we want to reject God as the one true God. Um, But the last question, Tim, I want to ask you with this, with cultural Christianity is um, in order to desire cultural Christianity, do you have to believe in a certain specific eschatology or is cultural Christianity one of those things that's like, no, there's no, um, there's no like direct tie to any one eschatology, um, like belief about what's, what happens in the end times to want to, uh, that like, you know, either allows you to desire cultural Christianity or bars you from desiring cultural Christianity. Does that make sense what I'm asking here? Yeah, no, I mean, I think there's a lot of people assume kind of with the Christian, Christian nationalism discussion in general, that Christian nationalism is, you know, most compatible was most compatible with kind of a, you know, post-millennial kind of eschatology in that way. And, but then I mean, I think, I think with just the idea of cultural like cultural Christianity, if you're just talking about cultural Christianity in the plain sense of like a culture, which is influenced by Christianity, I don't understand conceptually how that has to be uh, tied to any particular eschatology. Meaning like, I mean, if you just like run through my deserted Island, uninhabited Island crash landing experiment, like culture is a thing, right? It has to be something. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's something. So, I mean, what kind of culture are you going to build? And there's like, it's not like whether you're going to build a culture, it's what culture will you build? Right. And, you know, invariably, I mean, like the culture of my home <laughs> is influenced by the God I believe, right? Yeah. And if like, if you have a nation, like, I mean, obviously I think every eschatology should be desiring that everyone gets saved, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you should be praying for all men and, you know, like, so like, obviously God has, you know, you can be pessimistic on whether God's going to answer that, you know, uh, and some, you know, eschatologies might be more on the pessimistic end of things and some might be more on the optimistic or unrealistic end of things, you know? <laughs> so, uh, you know, that's, I, I don't think that those are fair summaries of different eschatologists. I'm just saying there's tendencies there, but I mean, like, my goodness, like, like conceptually your church crash lands on a Island. What are you going to do? Like, what are you going to do at that point? Right. And you're going to have to have, I mean, there's going to be some culture that's there, you know, whether you're intentional about it or not. And I mean, I'm sure that like you might think, well, what holidays do we want? Right. And it might be that like if you're in charge of what holidays, like if you, everyone has to ask himself, if you're in charge of what holidays are being supported by your government, right? Which ones are you going to support and which ones aren't you going to support? Right. Right. And so like at that point, like if you had a, like an island just, totally much Christians, you have to fill, you have to make a government. You're going to have to have some sort of cultural forums that are acknowledging certain things. What are you going to do? And I think everyone would just like, it would feel, I mean, it'd be very odd to say, well, maybe, maybe someone, some of you guys should deconvert so that, you know, we can have the pagans rule, rule us like we used, like we're used to, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> like that would be bizarre. So, I mean, I think in that way, whatever you're doing, you're going to have a, like a Christian culture is just the outworking of the church being faithful to the Great Commission. And at some point, like if the church is more successful as it's been in different times in history, right? Right. Then you're going to have to decide what does that mean for 
the cultural customs our nation are going to adopt and the laws that we're going to have. And so like, it may be that like in our current moment, we're not able to have power to make those kind of decisions, but like, suppose that you were, you have to figure out what you would actually do. Right. Right. Like in that way, like that's not tied to any particular eschatology because government's ordained by God. And so like, if you're on an Island, you know, that government's ordained by God. Yeah. Then you're going to have to form one and then you're going to have certain cultural practices that you're either imposing, you know, as a government or you're allowing to happen. And, you know, either way you have an Island for a Christian, whatever customs you come up with. I mean, we have customs as our church, right? Right. <laughs> All right. So we have a, <laughs> we have a Island for Christians. we continue those customs we have as a church. We continue those customs we have as our family and the culture of our society would be largely Christian. And then you would say, well, that would be good that our culture is Christian, Mm -hmm. right? (laughs) Yeah. Like it's oriented towards God. It's not oriented towards like these false gods that don't exist, these demons. And so in that way, I mean, I think you can just say, hey, that would be an objectively good thing if your culture is influenced by Christianity. Um, And then you you know that that's not going to save anyone, right? Right. But that is like, um, a means that God has used to, um, you know, point people to him that you shouldn't despise. Okay. All right. Well, I think that's a good place for us to wrap up the conversation on, um, you know, and, and like I, like I said, and tell him you, you said, a, you said a similar thing a few different times throughout the episode. It, you know, it, I, I did, um, grow up as one of the people who was really kind of like, man, I'm, I'm ready to get out of this you know, this culture that, you know, highly values Christ or at least pretends to highly value Christ in a lot of ways. And, and, uh, I, you know, like I said, I think that's something that I was privileged to desire because I was in the middle of experiencing the blessing of a culture that thought that way, right. About Christ that thought highly of Christ. And, and, um, you know, now that we're sort of seeing, the cracks form a little bit and more and more people seem to be pushing for just total and utter depravity in so many ways. I find myself longing for the opposite now, (laughs) you know, longing for longing for people to um, longing for people to value Christianity the way that they probably did 20 years ago, for example, or, you know, 30 or 40 years ago, even. And, and, uh, and so, so I, I feel like I personally have sort of changed my tune on this, probably even in the last few years. Um, but anyway, so, well, our hope is that this conversation has been beneficial for you, that it's clarified things, you know, defined some terms that maybe you, you weren't sure of, answered questions that you might have had and you didn't know um, how to ask them. Uh, that's that's our hope with these kinds of conversations is is that they equip you for the works of ministry that they equip you to go out and have conversations with the people in your own lives. And that's what we want to encourage you guys to do is not just listen to this and then think to yourself, Oh, that's a, that's a nice thing to know, but then to take that knowledge that you have and uh, use it, you know, when you're sharing the gospel, when you're talking to your Christian friends, when you're talking to your non-Christian friends, your family, your neighbors, whatever it is, our hope is that you take this stuff and that you apply it to your life and you share it with the people around you. So uh, we thank you guys for all the support. If you want to continue to support us, 
Uh, you can leave a like on the video, comment on the video, subscribe to our YouTube channel, follow us on Twitter and uh, Facebook. And, uh, you know, you can go and support us financially on Patreon. There's links in the description to all of those things. So go through and, and follow us, uh, follow us on pay, support us on Patreon. We're really appreciative of all the support uh, that you guys give to us. We appreciate all the interaction that we get to have with you guys. And until next time, we'll see you. This has been another episode of Bible Bashed. We hope you have been encouraged and blessed through our discussion. We thank you for all your support and ask you to continue to like and subscribe to Bible Bashed and share our podcast with your friends and on social media. Please reach out to us with your questions, pushback, and potential topics for us to discuss in future episodes at BibleBashedPodcast at gmail.com and consider supporting us through Patreon. If you would like to be Bible Bashed personally, then please know that we also offer free biblical counseling, which you can take advantage of by emailing us. Now, go boldly and obey the truth in the midst of a biblically illiterate world who will be perpetually offended by your every move. Thank you.